Welcome to another episode of the Think Different Podcast. Welcome back. Episode 85. We are here today. It is the former Apple Retail Podcast with Mr. Keto Frank Funk and hey. myself, Mr. Will TLD, here today for another great episode of the Think Different Podcast. But before we get started, we want to thank last week's guest, Brian Burke from SellYourMac.com, joining us for an amazing episode. There is a special code inside our episode notes on our YouTube version and on our podcast version you can get a discount of selling your mac you can actually get more credit back or you get a twenty dollar discount by going to refurbishedmacs.com if you don't want to spend a thousand dollars on a mac and you want to buy a cheaper mac that you know will last you and is validated by them you could absolutely go through there so please check out sellyourmac.com and go to refurbishedmacs.com but frank how are you doing this week sir i'm doing great man um I just did a weigh-in, and um, I've been on keto for 11 months, and I'm down to 190 pounds. I lost 56 pounds, and I'm feeling terrific. That is all because of the great non-sponsor of Zevia, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you very much, Zevia, for not sponsoring our podcast, but because of this, Frank has lost so much weight, and now he's feeling healthier and greater than ever, and by the way... This guy right here is the guy that got him on it. So I'm proud to say that he is on it. Now, I've been on keto once again. I'm almost a month in. Uh, right now, as of this recording, I lost 10 pounds in three weeks. Boom. So there you go. We'll, we'll see what happens when I do my weigh-in on Friday. Now, because it was Easter, which I hope everyone had a wonderful Easter, whoever celebrates it, Passover. I don't know much about the holiday, but I'm sure you guys had a good time, too. We, I'm looking forward to seeing that weigh-in and see if Easter affected me. Because... Yeah. There was a tiny bit of cheat in there. Tiny oh, bit. you had your sister's birthday, right? That's right. My sister's birthday also was celebrated at the same time because she always happens to fall around Easter time. Just like on my birthday, always falls around Mother's Day. So I got to always deal with that. Uh, everybody always used to call you a mother. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the way it is. But we have to talk about this week in history, Frank. And we had something really special happen this time on April of 2010, because the first generation iPad was released into stores. Now, it was the Wi-Fi version first and then the cellular one. But, Frank, I want to discuss. Talk about that launch. Uh, we were both in an Apple store, probably in the same one at the time. Busy day. I will remember that. It oh, was yeah. crazy. We ran out of a lot of models. Uh, we were uh, – this was definitely – this was my – I don't know how I've been a part of a couple of product launches, but this one was a little bit easier than the iPhone because there was no activation involved, and right. it definitely ran smoother than an iPhone one would. But this, well, especially a three G one, if we all remember the iPhone three G, and yeah, this was definitely uh, a fun launch. And I and I don't have a, a true recollection of the whole day, but I do remember that it was a busy day. Yeah, well, the thing that I remember about it was they, of course, they had the black curtains across the front. Oh, yeah, we had to switch them. That's right. Yep. They had to put the, the, put the display on. And the iPads came in a half an hour before the store opened. And um, that I, I won't forget that because I thought, geez, that's not a lot of time for all of us to review what the product can do. Now, granted, it was running the same operating system as the phone. But nonetheless, you still want to touch it, feel it for a little bit before the customers walk through the door. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I remember about that, um, 
at the setup table, we took had a customer who they wanted it for their uh, mother. And they wanted to put a special message on the front screen. So what we did was we took the notepad and we put happy birthday, mom, or something to that effect, took a picture of it, and then used that as the screen, as the opening screen for the iPad. So we had a lot of fun that day with uh, helping customers, you know, doing different things and surprising different people with the device. Yeah, I I will tell you that was a nice thing where you used to put like a screensaver and yep. it would be like like congratulations or something like that. We I remember us doing things like that as a fun way to already have it set up for them because back then you didn't have to set up the Apple ID and all that beforehand. You know, it was a little different back then. Now you you don't want to do that. I would recommend never doing that. Yeah. Uh, but it's amazing. We here we are eleven years later. This has become the computer replacement, or I would say a laptop replacement for most users, and it truly has changed the world. Uh, when it comes to tablets. I mean, there's those things a tablet. iPad is so much more than a tablet. Not to mention it's part of a great ecosystem to work with your devices. So tying into that, well, Apple is going to be releasing some new stuff because WWDC 2021 is taking place June 7th through June 11th, and they are doing it digitally as they have in all of 2020. And for the first time, it's going to be free for all developers. It's held online, and the developers will – usually there's a lottery system. You have to pay for a lottery. Not this year. They're just giving yeah, it like completely Usually free. about $1,500, right? It's expensive. Uh, yeah. Apple's not doing that this year. But the idea is that they're going to be talking – all their iOS, iPadOS, macOS, watchOS, TVOS, and who knows? Maybe uh, they'll debut iPodOS, or maybe they'll have uh, a HomePod. No, they won't have a HomePod. That's dead, folks. Uh <laughs> But HomePod two, HomePod two, yeah, maybe they'll have a HomePod two come out. We'll talk about hardware in a second. But a special thing they're doing this year is a Swift Student Challenge. Swift is a platform to help students learn how to use coding for the first time in a fun way, like a game. And they want people to create their own uh, interactive scene using Swift. And they have till April eighteenth to submit that. Uh, and the cool thing is the winners are going to get. Uh, WWDC 2021 apparel, a custom pin set, and one year free membership to the Apple Developer Program. Wow, pretty good. Yep. So now we have to now we have to talk about right now in March and April. The rumor was there were new stuff coming out that has not happened. Nope. So you know, is the plan that they're going to do all this in one day? Is it going to be all the OSs and? A new iPad, you know, which was the biggest rumor going out. A new iPad mini is a rumor. A new Apple TV is a rumor. Heck, we still have AirTags. Still not out yet. But nope. they keep teasing that Find My App is, you know, updating it. What is going to well, happen here, Frank? I don't know. Well, you know, what's what's the other big rumor? The invitation that went out, the emojis had people with eyeglasses on. So is this the year for the Apple glasses? That's that's what a lot of people thought because we thought and in the uh, you know there's an image that looks like you with hair, and you Me know with hair yeah it, with <laughs> you with hair but you don't have hair I just want to point that out he hasn't had hair in over 37 years I you know I that is what a lot of people speculate that that's what they're doing now I don't think they're going to be doing that I think that'd be a really um, 
big tease because we have no images. Like, there's a lot of ways that Apple stuff gets out now. This hasn't gone out. There's no glasses that have been, ever been seen uh, by this. But I think it's there's just no uh, glasses out in the wild left at a bar or anything, I, huh? And Apple could just be teasing us, honestly. And remember, the idea is that well, uh, the last time when macOS was revealed, the uh, when M1 was revealed, it was like a slow open, and right. then it was like a pink glow uh, coming on. I forget his face, but that's what they're teasing here. Just what the fact that you have the uh, icons like that you're pretending yeah. to the glasses. Well, I'll tell you what I'm what I'm looking for, or what I'm hoping for. I guess I should say is. Uh, uh, New iMac. I'm yep. hoping that they'll have a, uh, you know, M1.2 or an M2 chip that that really uh, kind of you know really is it makes a big splash in the uh, iMac world. Now the rumor is they're going to get rid of the the beard or the chin on the iMac, have a thinner bezel all the way around um, the screen is supposed to far surpass the 27 inch 5k model yep the only the only downside of course will always be what's it going to cost right and, and and i'm hoping they can keep the price close enough the fact that they make their own chip i think is helping that it's no they no longer got to pay a license fee to them uh and then of course the new macbook uh 15 inches another macbook pro 15 inch i'm very curious to see what's going to happen here but Will we see any announcements before this? And that's what I don't know. Because Apple's really thrown a wrench this year by by most of the rumor sites telling us that we were seeing something in March. It may not have been an event, but it was going to be a press release. So will there be a press release for something new coming out? That's the question, uh, Mark, Frank. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really can't. I don't know. It, but it's... here's the thing. If there is nothing coming out till June, we have a long wait. And if, if June and that june hits there's going to be so many people watching this yeah yeah well maybe that's what they're going to do this year you know uh instead of bringing it all out in dribs and drabs uh every uh, you know product this month product next month so on and so forth they're just going to do one big bang you know and uh really make a big splash on the in the market yeah so, or away for the hardware in september like they always do it, yeah. it's so hard this year you know everything's still weird up in the air with everything going on but I, I, again i have been so impressed with these digital ones that i am excited for them more so than i've ever been because they've been so good the last few even to make little things to make fun of or like the way they the production has been on yeah. them i've been tremendous and i absolutely have been a fan of this new style but frank not all Apple people are very friendly in that nope. Apple environment. In fact, some of them are downright fraudsters. And well, we found a cool article this week about a former Apple manager. And Frank, yep, a bit about a, it. A former Apple store manager was indicted for $1.5 million PPP fraud case. A man in Florida was indicted March 23rd and charged with four counts of fraudulently obtaining or attempting to obtain over $1.5 million in Paycheck Protection Program loans, the Justice Department announced. Um, the man who was described by Forbes as a former Apple store manager, I wonder if that's Zadak, <laughs> accused of stealing the identities of eight elderly people, oh, the poor old folks, 
one of whom was a relative. Wow, this guy uh, has got to be Zadak. Uh, a long list of Apple devices, including several iPads, two iPhones, MacBook Pro, and an Apple Time Capsule were listed as having been searched as part of the indictment. An Apple Time Capsule? <laughs> yeah, really. That's Boy, this guy's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, he must have been. He must have. Uh, this must have been for a while ago because we haven't seen an Apple time capsule in a while. But that's pretty crazy. That uh, now it sounds like he did this not working for Apple, but it looks like he's done. Um, you know, he's definitely stolen stuff. Uh, well, like you know, the article goes on to say that he also sued Apple in 2012 under the Fair Rights Labor uh, Standards Act, and the parties reached a settlement agreement the following year. So in 2013, um, he received some sort of undisclosed uh, dollar amount from Apple. Um, apparently, he won the suit, but uh, and then to go on and uh, <laughs> fraudulently get these this paycheck protection loans for 1.5 million dollars. You know, when is enough enough? Yeah, people take advantage, of, especially of COVID. You know, this is an example of it where there's a lot of you know loans taken out and stuff like that. But I thought it was interesting how, how does a guy like this get hired, you know, at, at Apple store? You know, I mean, you never know, I guess, until you really do this, but that was a crazy story uh, to hear that, hey, not all Apple store employees are good. And we actually have our own stories from our own stores that if we wanted to talk about one time, we could talk about them. Yeah. But Apple is also extending their independent repair program. We talked about this a long time ago, but Apple now, you can go to a Best Buy, a lot of third-party shops. Apple is allowing people to repair your products that's not just at an Apple store. They are now announcing that they are going to be doing it in 200 countries now. So now, anywhere pretty much an Apple product is sold, you could get a, a real repair done. Uh, this was launched in 2019. It expanded to Europe and Canada last year. Uh, they are now allowed to have all genuine Apple parts, tools, repair manuals, and diagnostics to offer safe and reliable repairs for Apple products. There are now more than 1,500 independent repair locations serving the U.S., Canada, and Europe. So this is a big deal because Apple is being more trustworthy with a lot of more companies to do the repair, stopping them from coming to an Apple store because Apple doesn't want to just be known as the Apple store, just as genius bar. They want to be more than that. Well, uh, you know, I, I personally have mixed emotions on this because um, prior to there being an Apple store in um, Quaker bridge uh, on my original iMac, I had an incident where I did purchase the Apple protection plan and I took it to a third party service in Princeton who will remain nameless. <laughs> and um, you're protecting the identity. Good man. Yeah. He, he charged me, even though I had the Apple protection plan, he charged me $150. And at the time, not knowing any better, I went ahead and paid it. Then after I got, after I, um, became an employee of Apple and worked at Freehold, I found out that there's no way he should have charged me any money. And of course, I never recommended him afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then I I was also a member of what they called PMUG, which was the Princeton Mac Users Group. And he was a big supporter of that. So every meeting, I had to bite my tongue not to... Um, Attack the guy? Well... Just to, you know, whenever he would tell somebody, yeah, bring it in. I'll take a look at it. I would like, you know, man, I wanted to tell him, don't ever take it to that guy. But 
you know. But other there's than definitely, that, there's, there's definitely um, people out there that take advantage of Apple um, that say they're Apple, but they're not certified or. Believe it or not, they come to the Apple store to get the stuff all diagnosed for them. Now, some people don't want to go to the Apple store. I get it. So they would like to have someone else do it for them. And if a guy knows somewhat knows what he's doing, you know, fine. You know, I, what do, do they charge him? I have no idea. Well, um, you remember at Quaker Bridge, we used to have that fellow would bring machines in all the uh, time. Oh, yeah. Computer Tutor Ted. And uh, he, he would bring them in. We'd fix them. He'd pay us whatever charge they wanted and then he would take it back and to his customer yep and charge them who knows what but you know what people shouldn't i don't know what they know what he does and doesn't do uh but that that truly is something that hey he's make if the guy's making money then the suckers are the people you know now this was very interesting uh that was announced earlier this week after five grueling years of financial loss, LG Electronics is shutting down their smartphone division. Now, if you remember, they just came out with this new phone that actually flipped sideways, horizontally and vertically. Um, that's some, That was like a new thing. Um, but they're moving on to something completely different. And LG was a big deal back in the day. I remember the LG Chocolate. Yeah. Uh, that was a big one before iPhones were a big deal. They were like the first like smartphone. Uh, but yeah, they're, they haven't done anything. And LG, honestly, when was the last time you heard of an LG phone that was like popular or someone said they had an LG phone? Well, they, they have them, uh, installed in your refrigerators now. So maybe they're just making bigger screens for their refrigerator. So you can see what inventory you have in your refrigerator. But uh, I don't see anybody that has an LG phone. No. And that's the problem. Maybe they, I mean, how marketable were they? I mean, they did come out with some really cool ideas, but it's like they didn't have like a flagship product. They just kept coming out with these cool ideas, but it wasn't like worth buying them. You know, they had like, you know, they were teasing like the world's first rollable phone. Then they had this wing phone and it was just like too much, you know? Well, when, when something's not really your, your core product, um, and some of the products within Apple, you can make the same argument that, you know, you, you get outside of your core uh, products and you, they're just like, oh, yeah, we can do this because we make TVs and, and they do it, but they don't really put their whole heart and soul into it. And, and you end up with something like this. Sony used to do the same thing. Sony would throw out so many different products and two years later, they'd abandon them. Mm -hmm. So it's the same same kind of, uh, and if they stumble upon a winner, then they'll capitalize on it. Yeah. You know, I, I feel bad for them. I mean, but honestly, they just, they just haven't been useful in so many years. Um, so that's just the way it goes. So RIP to LG. Thank you for the memories. But moving on. <laughs> this was a very interesting article about the M1 chip. Now, the M1 chip, if you remember, the RAM and the SSD are one chip. The whole thing is one solid chip. There's no separate pieces on the logic board to make this separate. But there are technicians in China that were able to detach the RAM from the M1 chip and its nearby SSD module, replace them with larger capacity components, which are recognized by Mac OS, and they didn't break the device. Very, very interesting. Now, I'm going to tell you this right now. If you even think about doing this, 
You oh. are the biggest moron in the world for even <laughs> doing this. Apple has been doing this for so many years. Everything is soldered together. Yeah. Now, there are companies like China or the guy in New York that is soldering boards like crazy for, for clients and customers that they absolutely um, should never do this <laughs> at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're, you're now I'm sure if somebody does this, then it voids the entire warranty. So um, if something else should go wrong, then you're going to be on your own. So Yeah. Bad idea. But I thought it was an interesting article how someone was able to do it and, you know, be able to still have it recognized and still work. Obviously, this is not a viable option, although I think it's interesting if Apple could come up with the chip. I'm talking years down the line where it's just an easily removable slot that you could do that and make it easy to repair. I thought it'd be cool. I thought it'd be very interesting. Yeah. But, Frank, you know, to end this beautiful day, we've talked about some good, some bad, but now we're just going to talk about bad. And uh -oh. this is bad because... But this is, I, I talked to you before I got on the air today. This is expected now. So I want you to talk about it because I'm a user of Mr. Facebook. Oh. I, like, I like Mr. Facebook. You Facebook did. is able, I, I published something very nice for my sister today. Happy 34 years old, Lynn. And stuff of my kid and, 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 and so many good things. But now another thing has happened. Oh, uh, well, here we go. This is hot off the press. It's just been released. Personal data of 533 million. Let me repeat that. 533 million Facebook users leaks online. Personal data from 533 million Facebook accounts has reportedly leaked online for free, according to security research Alan Gall. Insider said it verified several of the leaked records. The exposed data includes personal information of over 533 million Facebook users. You too, Will, could I'm, be one I'm, of those users. I could be one of those users. In 106 countries, including over 32 million records of users in the U.S., 11 million users in the U.K., and 6 million users in India. Who would have thunk only 6 million users in India of a country over billions and billions of yeah. people? Um, <laughs> but anyway, according to Insider, it includes their phone number, Facebook IDs, full names, locations, birth dates, bios, and in some cases, email addresses. Needless to say, Mark Zuckerberg is not in that 533 million. Oh, how so does he know? How does he know that? Oh, please! He's got his own separate secure server, man. He's using um, what's that? What was that one that was out before Facebook? MySpace. MySpace. There you go. He's Friendster? using MySpace. <laughs> well, oh, man, this is uh, discouraging news. Um, I, you know, especially with uh, all of the talk of privacy and the argument with Zuckerberg and Tim Cook over these new privacy laws that are not laws, but policies that Apple is putting in place. Uh, I think this is just more ammunition for Apple to say, see, see? I told yep. you. And this is why Apple is coming out with an update to stop tracking. It's yep. not, this has nothing to do with that, by the way, but this is just an example yeah. of the 
excuses that Facebook just keeps coming up with. And Apple is just like, your whole business is reliant on a person to be a customer. You're, you're, and that's the whole thing is they make money off of us. Apple makes no money off us without us making the decision for ourselves. You know, we are the ones that go out and buy the apps. We are the ones that go to iCloud. When it comes to being on Facebook, the moment you sign up and they track what you're doing and where you are, you are now the, you know, these third-party, you know, analytics companies are, that's their their customer. Well, see, the the, the thing is, you know, you got to go back to, you know, what our parents told us, um, and that is there's no free lunch. Okay, when somebody tells you that it's for free, beware. There's a catch. Mm-hmm. Okay, people say, "Well, I, I can put everything out on Facebook, and this and the disk space is free." Well, yes and no. Mm-hmm. They don't charge you, but they sell the information they gleam about you to third-party users. Apple, on the other hand, charges for space in the cloud, but the expectation there is. I'm paying for it. It's right. private. Mm-hmm. It, I'm there's nobody even at Apple can get to that without my information. How many people used to come into the store and ask you, well, what, what's my Apple ID password? Yeah, all the time. You know, and, and not to mention they have a two-factor authentication on top of the fact that they have yes the regular one. So there's again, Apple I think does a tremendous job. And by the way, to credit, Facebook does have a two-factor authentication program, yes. which I use. And, you know, I want to avoid that because, again, there's a lot of stuff on there. I, I feel like I have more stuff on there that I do have my own my own bank account. And the reality is people could be on Facebook and can have all this, all this two-factor authentication, everything they want. But it doesn't matter because there's a back door that yep. other people get to. Yep, yep. It, it's just something that, uh, and the, re- the only reason I wanted to talk about this is not because I'm anti-Facebook. Um, it's it's just that I believe that people need to try to understand this stuff. I know it can be daunting, and I, I don't pretend to understand all the ins and outs of this. But I know enough to say, you know what? I don't need, I, first of all, I don't. My, my life, if you want to know something about me, ask me. My life's an open mm-hmm. book. I, I don't have anything to hide. But the idea of somebody just tracking every page I go to and, and without my permission, I just, I don't, I don't need it. And um, I believe there are other alternatives out there for social media. Um, I'm currently using, uh, it's called MeWe. It's I love MeWe. Yeah, MeWe is a private. Uh, it's almost like there's groups in there. Yes. Um, and you join these groups. And in fact, you should be publishing the podcast in there, Frank. Oh, okay. You know, damn it, Frank. Publish the damn podcast in there. Get me some hits. Well, the uh, thing with, with the groups is what I found interesting is when you you have to ask to join a group. Right. You can't be, yeah. And they'll ask you, you know, little questions. Why do you want to join this group? And then they usually have a statement in there. This is not to sell product. This is not to, to um, I'll say, talk mean to anybody. Or if you start getting involved in that, they're going to kick you out. And it's mm-hmm. it, they state that right up front. This is for friendly conversation and to learn things. Like I recently just joined one for fly fishing. 
And um, not trout fishing. Come on. Yeah, fly fishing for anything, man. Okay. And um, you know they they you know it's all about learning and and getting together like-minded people that want to talk about a particular subject. I also am on two groups for drummers and uh, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, there's none of this, um, these, these Twitter conflicts that go on. It's none of that stuff. It's, it's just, you know, you ask somebody a question about something and their opinions and they get back to you. So me, we is one that I've looked at and, uh, so I'm I'm dabbling with that a little bit, and and that's a lot of fun. Good. So. Well, there, uh, like I said, there are other other options out there, folks, uh, than Facebook. Reality is, I like Facebook. I still think it it's able to connect me to my family much better than I ever had to when I didn't have a Facebook or a MySpace. So the reality is, I get to be more in tune of what's going on with them. But there's always that dark. Uh, space there and that's unfortunate but that just comes with technology and yep. hopefully you know they'll learn from this but as we all know this is going to happen again because it's happened every year sometimes maybe more than once so be that's the reality of it but frank that's our episode for this week episode 85 is in the books 85 um, yeah 85 episodes my god 15 away from the 100 and we will have to do something really special for the 100th episode because i want to get there that's going to happen this year at some point so it's going to be really exciting hopefully uh you know a big release or a big product will happen it'll be amazing but frank in closing notes this week do you have anything to say to your apple fans out there oh well you know uh oh i uh the band i'm in we played uh this week for the first time in a year thank you for the reminder yes and in fact this episode Opened up with that song, Frank, because I stole it. Oh, okay. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to also outro it right now. So, Frank, listen to Frank right now here on the Think Different Podcast. His beautiful drumming capabilities on his (laughs) drum set. That's right. And thank you, everyone, for joining us for the Think Different Podcast. I am Will, and I love every single one of you. Peace out.